but I see in scripture that there's more to salvation than that. It's about knowing God and it's about becoming a participant in his nature. listening to Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Author Jonathan Brenneman joins us today all the way from Brazil, so let's learn a little bit about him. He's a missionary and he's been traveling to many places around the globe, but for the past seven years he's lived in Brazil in Rio de Janeiro, and he's written now a three-book series called Heaven Now. So Jonathan, we welcome you to Charisma Connection. Thank you. It would be great to have a taste of heaven now for us as believers. So let's take a look at some of your teaching in these three books where you really develop this idea. In fact, in your first book, which is called Present Access to Heaven, I'm going to quote you. You write, the gospel is designed to bring us into a present experience of heaven. So you're telling me that heaven is not just a far-off place that I'll eventually get to when I die, maybe 20 years from now. There's something much more hopeful for the believer today, isn't there? Yes. When I was reading Hebrews chapter 9 and 10, I don't know how I read it so many times without um, noticing this, but Hebrews chapter 9 really clearly teaches us that the true holy of holies is heaven itself, that the holy of holies in the old covenant tabernacle is just a shadow. And it says in Hebrews chapter 10 that the veil that was torn was Jesus' body. And then it goes on to say, let us boldly approach the Father and enter the Holy of Holies. So if we see what it was saying in chapter 9, it's basically saying, um, oh, go, go to heaven now, because approaching the Father is heaven. And so it's not to negate the reality of a, a future place called heaven, But there's a reality now where we experience heaven in God's presence and entering God's presence is accessing heaven. As scripture says, Psalm 1611, in his presence there's fullness of joy and at his right hand pleasures forevermore. And so we have access to God's presence now. And um, the apostle Peter wrote that receiving our salvation produces a joy unspeakable and full of glory. So this is like really possible. Um, to experience the joy, the peace, and the love that are in heaven because just because we have access to God's presence through Jesus. Well, it's a beautiful thing to think about that it's not just in the future, but it's for today as well. But what do you say to the Christian who says, hey, you know, if you had my life or you worked where I worked, you wouldn't say there's heaven on earth. So why is it we don't experience heaven on earth all the time, and what can we do about that? In my books, I talk a lot about um, the very basic, very simple things that Jesus died for us to make the way to the Father. He gave us a free gift of righteousness. He resurrected. But um, the way that I look at it is, now we've often heard emphasis of salvation um, saving us from hell so that we can go to heaven. And so it's, um, that's true. But I see in Scripture that there's more to salvation than that. It's about knowing God, and it's about becoming a participant in his nature. And so um, Jesus said 
this is eternal life, John 17, 3, that they might know you. And so then it talks in Ephesians about knowing the love of God that surpasses knowledge until we're filled with all the fullness of God. So there's this thing about salvation is so much more than just um, not going to hell and going to heaven. It's about an experience with God's love, and this is a very participatory knowing where we become partakers in his nature. Now here's the thing. Um, scripture says in several places that we're growing in the knowledge of the Lord. And so just the, the way that we first came into salvation and had our salvation experience, um, by continuing and receiving God's love that's revealed in Jesus' death, seeing his, his power that's revealed in Jesus' resurrection, that continues to transform us and, and until we... Um, we could grow into such a glory that it really is like walking on, like, on in heaven on, on earth. Now, um, Stephen, in the New Testament, he was being stoned <laughs> to death. And there's all these hateful people around him. And none of that could stop him from looking up into heaven and seeing God's glory so that unbelievers, um, hostile unbelievers, saw that his face was shining like that of an angel. And so these are very challenging truths. But as we continue in the truth of the gospel, and as we begin to recognize and, and deal with the things that hinder us from seeing God as he is, um, these truths really bring fruit in our lives. They brought fruit in my life uh, to the point where like weeks on end, it just felt like, like currents of love flowing, flowing through my body. And we've had a lot of hard times, um, but it's just like, as I continue to go back to these truths, it encourages me and strengthens me so much. My wife has been kidnapped and escaped. I've had um, kidnapping threat against my daughter. And we've been through crazy stuff. But it's really, um, these truths have brought such an indescribable joy in my life. And when, when Peter talked about indescribable joy, he was talking to persecuted Christians. And so when we... Um, when we begin to behold the Lord's glory and grow in the knowledge of him, there's such a glory that begins to manifest through our lives. It makes us heavenly people. We can have joy and peace and, uh, and, uh, and just love overflowing even for our enemies, even in the worst of circumstances. And it begins to produce miracles through our lives too. Well, it sounds like you have certainly endured some of those worst of circumstances as the uh, kidnapping, did that happen over a long period of time? Did it happen in Brazil or where? Yes, that was here in Brazil. Um, here in Brazil, we don't experience so much religious persecution as just crime. Uh, mm. We've been uh, stopped on the highway more than once, uh, escaped gunpoint. <laughs> um, the, the law doesn't always work very well here. So... The, the kidnapping threat against my daughter was because he rescued an old man who was being beaten up by uh, bandits. And we, we couldn't really find any way to help him except just taking him out of his house. And we brought him in here. And the criminals were angry at us because of that. Hmm. Now, my wife, um, she was just stopped by a guy on the highway who was armed. And the, what, what happens here in Rio is a lot of times a bunch of armed bandits stop the whole highway and they just rob everybody. They stop all the traffic. Hmm. And so they had just done that and the guy was fleeing. So he put a gun up to my wife and said, let me in the car. And there's a police blockade in front. So he's like, you're going to run around this. Or I'm going to shoot you. 
So she ran around the police um, blockade, and now the police are behind her, and she's afraid that they're going to start shooting. And, and if she took him to the favela, which is like the slum, um, he would very likely kill her when they got there. So she um, crashed the car intentionally into a trash truck on the side of the road. The guy who kidnapped her didn't have his seatbelt on, so he hit his head pretty bad and um, and kind of stumbled out of the car, and the police got him. Uh, so we, we nearly totaled our car. But we've had just lots of crazy experiences like that, you know. Apparently it hasn't deterred you from living in Rio. <laughs> well... <laughs> Maybe not at the moment. <laughs> no, I'm still here. <laughs> but the fact is, you uh, you know that if you're living in a difficult uh, society like that, you don't know what's going to happen to you from day to day. Of course, I'm sure that you pray for the Lord's protection. But being heavenly minded is a good thing in your situation, especially. I mean, as you mentioned, Stephen was stoned to death, and yet he's looking at Jesus and he's He's sensing presence, the presence of Jesus and heaven right all around him. And I can see how in a situation like you're talking about, where you're dealing with crime, you might have the same experience. Well, we sometimes we get such a short perspective, you know. Um, but Scripture says these light and momentary afflictions are preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. And really, like, I'm already experiencing so much of that eternal weight of glory. Um, the Father, God, loves me with the same love that he has for Jesus. And as Scripture says, this, he's given me the same glory that he gave to Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> hmm. I have a hope that nobody can take, take from me. Um, nothing on earth can rob the hope that I have. So we need to be reminded uh, to have this eternal perspective. And that's part of what my, my first book, Present Access to Heaven, is about. I, I read this book myself, um, again, when I need encouraged, and a lot of times I'm just in tears when I read it. <laughs> hmm. Kind of preaching to yourself, huh? And we all need I, to do that, don't we? I do it all the time, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, what do you think of the saying that says you can be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good? Well, uh, being heavenly-minded is a lot of earthly good. I, I mean, I just think of all the people that have been healed um, just like as we receive God's peace in our spirit, just through communion with God, through being right with God, um, God's peace, God's joy, that peace, we release it into people and it drives out pain. It drives out sickness. And it, it just it, it's hard to imagine all the money that this has saved people in medical bills. You know, <laughs> so it's a lot of earthly good. There you go. We, I mean, stress and anxiety and and mental torment doesn't do anybody good. So we need people who are heavenly minded and who are going to carry heaven's atmosphere. But you just think of all the accidents that are caused, all the fights, uh, all, the, all the money that is wasted due, due to addictions because of people have torment in their souls. You mm -hmm. know? <laughs> That's true. And so having God's peace, uh, it does a lot of earthly good for sure. Absolutely. Well, in your second book, which is called I Will Awaken the Dawn, you talk more about God's presence on the earth today. 
Are there certain scriptures that speak to that fact, and how can we appropriate those scriptures to make God's presence more real and more part of our daily lives? Well, when I was a teenager, I I was 14 when I went on my first mission trip, and all I wanted was, I just wanted to dedicate my whole life to seeing nations come to Jesus. Um, I wanted to see people worshiping Jesus. And so I started to read everything I could about revival, about prayer. I, I read histories of revivals. And I threw myself into praying for the nations. And now my first solo mission trip was when I was um, 18 years old. I went to Belize. And I have been praying and fasting for Belize. Um, I had a few encounters with God's presence. It was all of a sudden, it was just like, um, almost like the atmosphere was electric, and I just started screaming, <laughs> you mm. know. And but I got into a place of real heaviness, play, praying for Belize, praying against the 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 crime, the corruption, the whatever drug trafficking, all the the, the bad things that I'd heard. I, I went there um, when I was seventeen with a group before I went on my first solo trip, and God rebuked me. He's like, God said, "Why are you giving all of this, all of the attention that I deserve to the evil that's at work?" He said. <laughs> I'm the one who's worthy of your worship. And so um, God God rebuked me. He's like, get out of that place of heaviness. And he showed me in Scripture. Now, Isaiah 6, 3 says that the whole earth is full of God's glory. And we see the same concept in different places in Scripture. In Psalms, it says the whole earth is full of God's steadfast love. And I began to consider, well, if that's true, why isn't the earth like heaven? And then I saw other scriptures, such as Habakkuk 2.14, where it said that the whole earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the waters cover the sea. Now, that's, that, that is kind of related to what we have in our first Heaven Now book, because there's an understanding of salvation. It's an experiential knowledge of God's glory, where we, 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 our eyes are open to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge, and that becomes to become our nature. So I saw in these other places of Scripture, when the earth is filled with the knowledge of the, glory, of the glory of the Lord, that's when the earth will be like heaven. And then I saw, I was really into Psalms and Isaiah, and I kept coming across all of these Scriptures that were about praise and about nations coming to Jesus. Hmm. So, um, and I began to get into this real big study on praise, and I saw in Scripture, Isaiah 60, um, that of this dawn of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord over the earth. And then in Psalm 108, it says, I'll, I'll sing your praise among the nations, O Lord. I'll awaken the dawn. And so Psalm 108, God um, opened that up to me, and I began to praise the Lord. And here I'm in Belize um, on the back of a pickup truck going across the country, like 60 miles an hour, and there's a loud wind, so people couldn't hear me. But I began to to thank God and praise Him, and I was very quickly in tears because of everything the Lord did in my life, and I began to sing, and my heart was so full of gratefulness. It was like my very spirit was praising, even if I wasn't going to say anything, and my body began to literally like vibrate with God's goodness, and the place where I was became heaven to me. I saw it as heaven, and we arrived at a small town called Orange Walk in the north of Belize, and um, as I was there, we're under uh, the, uh, this tarp. Um, we're under this tarp, like 30 people uh, having a meeting. It was a new church plant. 
and as I began to praise the Lord, I, I feel like it's almost like the even the walls and the trees around here are vibrating with God's goodness. And I, I was just unexpressible joy and strength. And out of that joy, it felt like there was such a love flowing through me that I became very strong, like strengthened by God's love, and nothing was impossible. And I started to declare what was going to happen in this town, that the, the eyes of people are going to be open, that they're going to see the Lord's glory, that there's going to be salvations here. And, and I knew in my heart that something had changed. Um, it was this, this incredible experience. But I didn't see anything naturally in the moment. Well, Two months after I got back from Belize, a pastor that I know had been to the same place, he said there's revival in Orange Walk Town, and the church has just doubled, and it's with new converts. And on subsequent trips, I got to meet a lot of those young people who came to the Lord, and many of them went uh, around a lot of other parts of the nation of Belize with evangelistic skits um, sharing the gospel. So that was um, my first experience that started to my first really wild experience with, with praise and thanksgiving. Hmm. So in, in the book, I share a lot of, about that, and I share um, a lot of test, quite a lot of testimonies. Some really crazy things start to happen when we make a decision to praise the Lord at all times. Sometimes I think we discount praise, or we don't think of it as powerfully as like the Old Testament did when they went marching around Jericho, the the people who were praising went first, as I recall. So I think you've seen the power of praise in your life. Yeah, well, the whole spiritual realm works by proclamation. I mean, we, we can see this in Scripture, but we also know by experience. I mean, when we see people heal, we, we, we see it by proclaiming who God is, right? So mm -hmm. praise is basically proclamation. It's proclaiming who God is, and heaven is heaven because of who God is. It's heaven because of his glory. So um, it's, it's possible. If Moses, under an inferior covenant, beheld the Lord's glory and his face shone, mm -hmm. it was like visibly radiant, and the scripture says so clearly in Second Corinthians 3, we have access to a much greater glory. And um, we, we have seen so many miracles just happening with Thanksgiving. My, um, my sister had glasses. And once my brother and I went to this conference and we were praying for a blind lady and she felt God's power. She felt like electricity flowing in her eyes. Hmm. We felt electricity flowing. Her eyes got all hot. She even started to see a little bit more, to see a little color. But after all this time ministering to her, um, she felt God's power. We felt God's power. She had slight improvement, but she was still probably legally blind. Right? Mm -hmm. But we came back and we're always focused on what God is doing. And we keep that focus. And so at the youth group, and we do our best not to ever exaggerate anything, but we want to to be thankful for what has happened, what we see God doing. So I shared this testimony. And of course, we see many people healed, but we share this testimony. We're ministering to a blind lady, and she's still probably legally blind, but we're so excited because we know that Jesus wants to open blind eyes, and because she felt God's power and we had some improvement. And when I'm talking, my sister blurts out, I feel something moving in my eyes. Hmm. And she went to the, the eye doctor that weekend, 
and she no longer needed glasses. <laughs> he said, I don't usually say this to people. How but about that? I recommend you don't wear glasses anymore. So we've seen so many things happen like this. And so we're always in this place of thanksgiving to God. Because if our perspective, if our perspective is clear, we have reason for unspeakable joy. <laughs> and God is, the Holy Spirit is always working. And uh, he's, he's always working, but he's calling us into partnership with, with him. And it's when we enter into partnership with him, we add our yes to God's amen, that stuff starts to happen. And we see just so many things happen as we, um, as we chose to praise and thank the Lord. Well, you've been speaking a lot about healings, and that reminds us we, we live in this body of flesh. And your third book is about Jesus, that Jesus has come in the flesh. Now, believers who know the Bible know this is true, and if that were not the case, Christ wouldn't have had a physical resurrection. We would not have the hope of a resurrection ourselves, would we? Yeah, well, Jesus has come in the flesh is one of the, the, the truths that has most changed my life. Uh, as far as healing, um, God healed me when I was a kid. I didn't expect anything to happen. I didn't know if God existed. My mom prayed for me, and it's like this ball of energy started rolling up and down my back. Hmm. And um, I, I found out that God was real. But I was so frustrated for a long time because I'd never seen anyone healed through my hands. And then it was about 20, when I was 20, and I felt like God had been stingy with me. And God said, God, show me in Scripture. Look, I gave you Jesus. How much more will I not give you all things? It says that in Romans chapter 8. Um, and, and no good thing will the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly, Psalm 84. But God showed me, I've always wanted to do these miracles in your life. But the problem is there are some things you, you didn't understand. And so when I started to understand that Jesus has come in the flesh, there's a few implications of this truth. It's, and so it's very easy to say, yeah, well, Jesus died for us. Um, Jesus resurrected. Jesus came in the flesh. And, and like mentally acknowledge those things. But it's another thing to understand everything that that implies. So in the, in the book of 1 John, the Apostle John said that every spirit that denies Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is antichrist. But basically every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus came in the flesh is from God. And so you could, we could test every spirit by this. And we understand um, at the time there was a group called the Gnostics, and the Gnostics denied that Jesus came in the flesh, and the, the very reason that they did so was they believed that spirit was holy and pure, and, 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 and the, the body or the physical realm was base. It was something that to be escaped from. So because of that um, negative vision, of, negative view of the body, they believed that a holy God could not have come in a human body. So part of what we understand from Jesus coming in the flesh is that the body is holy. Now even science tells us this, the, the, the body, the physical body, and our, even our physical health is intricately, connect, intricately connected with our thought life. You know? So even just receiving God's peace, on a, just on a purely natural level, is going to affect our body. Mm -hmm. um, but out of that false dichotomy between the body and the spirit, that that went on to affect um, the church's view of the body, and it's basically at the root of all kinds of sexual immorality, right? So um, the, the opposite of that is the, the, the sanctity of the physical body. And so that leads us both into a place of sexual purity, but it also um, 
the healing ministry demonstrates that. So it has an impact on how we live and even beyond that to our churches and to other to our cultures that we live in. We're salt and light and knowing that Christ lived in a physical body and overcame so many things, we can also overcome in our own lives. That's that's true. It's uh, also the two of the main implications of Jesus coming in the flesh is that God is not a mystery. His will is revealed. Ephesians 1, 9 says that God's made known the mystery of his will, setting it forth in Christ. And it's also that Jesus came in the flesh because God gave authority to men and because all men had sinned. And instead of retracting that authority, God came as a man. And so I, I go into that too. But that, that is really crucial to walking in the anointing. Is to under is to having um, being convinced of God's will. Jesus said in John 15, "I don't call you slaves, but I call you friends, because everything the Father has made known to me, um, I've I've revealed to you." And and then um, understanding that we are the body of Christ. That means just because something doesn't happen doesn't mean because God didn't want to. It's a matter of us partnering with the Holy Spirit, and that's why we persevere. That that's why we pray in faith, right? And so. Um, Understanding that Jesus has come in the flesh um, brings us into a, a real partnership with God, and it teaches us to walk in authority that Christ is the head and we're the body. And that's really crucial if we're going to see miracles, if we're going to see healing, um, because we, we have to come from a place of knowing God's will, and knowing God's will is Jesus is the image of the invisible God, that means we can't see God unless we look at Jesus. You can't see God through your circumstances, whatever's happened to you. Um, Jesus said in John 1.18, no one has seen God, but the Son has made him known. So the only way we can see God is through Jesus. And Jesus healed everyone who came to him and everyone who touched him. And so that's a truth that we understand from knowing that Jesus has come in the flesh. And then knowing God's will and being absolutely convinced of God's will and partnering with him and everybody I know who has done that and really persevered has begun to see great miracles. And for me, I've seen things in my life that I would have never imagined before. Hmm. Well, uh, as we close, how do you think people are going to be impacted by reading these books in the Heaven Now series? And then how can they learn more about you and your ministry? Well, people who who have read them, uh, like one guy said, it really brought him out of depression because hmm. uh, he was in a depression because of discouragement. And I personally, I've read these books again and again. All of these books, I was so built up. I was in a very difficult time in my life when I wrote these. Um, but God had given me a commission to write these before, and I, I just um, didn't have the knowledge or the time to mm -hmm. finish it. But here I'm in the middle of this difficult time. I began to write these because I knew that God had wanted me to, to put these things out. And all of these books, I tangibly felt the Lord's glory as I'm, as I'm writing. Just many, many tears. It strengthened me and pulled me out of this difficult times. And I still go back to these books. They still strengthen me. So they, they have lots of scripture. Um, they're really heavy on scripture. They have lots of testimonies. They're extremely encouraging. But especially if somebody um, has a hunger to begin to see miracles, the, the truth in Jesus has come into flesh is really crucial. So anyone who has a desire to see your, um, 
to, to see your region changed. You, you want to see um, your city touched by God. You want to see people healed. Um, or even anyone who's just in a place of discouragement, who's struggling with guilt and condemnation, you're depressed. Um, these, these books have really strengthened people. They've really strengthened me just going back and reminding myself of the truth that God's taught me and of what it's produced in my life. So is there a website people can go to for more information? Sure. It's, um, th- my English website is gotoheavennow.com. Gotoheavennow.com. Well, that's easy to remember. So as we close out, would you mind praying for our listeners right now as they learn more about how to experience heaven on earth? Sure, sure. God, thank you for everybody who's listening here right now. God, thank you for bringing them back to the time when they were first saved and and the time that they first saw your glory. And and Lord, thank you for strengthening them right now in their innermost being in Jesus' name, that the eyes of their heart be open, that they might know you, that they might grow in the knowledge of you and their glory. And God, you said that you're able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to your power that's at work within us. So God, the people who are listening, I pray that the eyes of their heart be open, that they would get a vision for what you could do through their life, and that there would be a hunger stirred up in them to represent Jesus, to represent the love of Jesus in nature, the character of Jesus, and to see their worlds changed and impacted by heaven's reality. And and also in Jesus' name, I bless the physical bodies of the people who are listening. In Jesus' name, I rebuke every sickness. Sickness, get out. Be filled with the peace of God, and may the peace of God drive out everything that's not in heaven right now. Chronic pain, go in Jesus' name. (laughs) Pain, go. Disease, go. And be healed, be restored, be whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jonathan, I can see that you have a strong healing ministry, a ministry of praise, and uh, we pray God's blessing upon you there in Brazil. Pray for your protection also, that you'll just be able to uh, continue ministering to the people there. So thank you for sharing with us your, your books in the Heaven Now series. Thank you. I'm Chris Johnson. Thank you for listening to this episode of Charisma Connection. And if this interview has touched you in some way, be sure to share it with a friend and check out our other podcasts at cpnshows.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.